You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. I feel like so comfortable making everything dirty with you because, you know. Well, thanks. Yeah. Are you already recording? Yeah. <laughs> good, good. Obviously. Connor, <laughs> it's so funny. Connor, I make everything a fucking sexual joke because that's my mom used to do that. Oh, really? Which is interesting. I'm sure you could unpack therapist, Amy. But, um, <laughs> um, she would always make everything a sexual joke. And so I do that. And then he's like, oh, God, why do you have to make everything about sex? And I'm like, we literally have a show where we talk about threesomes for a living. Like, right. Of course I make everything about sex. Yeah. Are like, you shocked? about that? It's so yeah. weird. Yeah. I think one of the funny things is as people get to know Connor better after like hearing him and like hearing our dynamic, they think that he's going to be this like crazy sexual person who does all this wild ass shit. And he's like, not like that he's at not all. Like that. Yeah. I know. It's so interesting. It's so interesting. Yeah. He's actually like kind of shy sometimes. Yes. Yeah. I was telling when we had the housewarming when you guys were here, I was telling somebody that day. I was like, he's he's more shy and insecure than you would ever imagine. Mm-hmm. We I think we all kind of have those things in us though. Yeah. Well, and it's not even like a it's like a secure insecure. Like he's almost like uh-huh. okay, just like kind of letting it out there. Yes. Which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. Um It's been a fucking minute and a half since you've been on the show. I know. Wow. We've lived a lot of lives. We have lived so many lives. Yeah. And now we're besties. When you were on the show before, we weren't besties. I know. I barely knew you. Yeah. It was so interesting. I remember like walking into your house and being like, oh, hi. Like, you're so tall. (laughs) (laughs) That's also what people say when they meet us in person. They're like, I didn't realize you guys were so tall. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Oh, God. Yeah. A lot has happened. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool to you know we were talking about like witnessing when we were working out earlier witnessing and friendship yep watching people and yeah I think you and I have had this really cool lens into each other's lives over the last couple years as we have evolved and grown and changed both of us have changed so much yeah we really have you know and I think it's also due to the pandemic right yeah Yeah. I know hopefully people aren't uh you know triggered but we're living it. It's a reality. But yeah, I think like that was something we were talking about was like how I feel like the pandemic changed friendships where it maybe made some people closer and it made some people kind of feel like you got really clear and real about that person and about what they bring. Mm -hmm. I think that's really interesting. And that's something that I feel like happened for us. Well, don't you think that the last year and a half has been a lot of bringing lies and bullshit to the surface to be released. Oh yeah. (laughs) I think everything just got turned up a notch, right? Like I think um, I was listening to Esther Perel and she talks about how uh, the pandemic has been basically like a time warp for relationships Mm. where it's made people almost like age really quickly in their relationships. And it allows you to like recognize like, oh, I want this forever or holy shit, I do not want this forever. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you know, causes you to have that question be- that you wouldn't have necessarily had because we had to like wake up. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I have personally been experiencing a lot of my friends coming to me and telling me that they are either, they've already asked their husbands for divorces or they're in the middle of separations looking at divorce, like at an astonishing rate. Yeah. And I think an overlying theme that I'm seeing, whether it's in that or or anything else, is really this idea of 
I never asked myself good questions. Mm. I never really sought out anything beyond surface level. Yep. It's this, this idea of I was supposed to or I, I should right. checking off boxes. And I never really asked myself hard questions like, what do you actually want? What fulfills you? And I feel, you know, I'm not, I'm about to get married, not divorced, but I feel that in my own life and my own relationship where it really caused us to have really uncomfortable conversations and really be super honest in really vulnerable ways. And it's just interesting to watch all of this kind of come to the surface because I think we're reevaluating who we are as individuals and then in relationship, whether it's friendships like ours or with our partners. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know it's so interesting, right? Like those questions are coming to light because we're recognizing how important it is to have those answers. (laughs) You know, and I think this is really interesting because there's this fascinating thing in being a therapist where you have these themes that will come up with almost all your clients. And it's like, everybody talks about the same thing. And it's not even about like, oh yeah, the weather's really bad. It's like, oh, how are we all working on this right now. It's so strange. And, you know, it's not even about like pandemic stuff. It's been, you know, for um, the last couple of weeks, it's been self relationship to self. And I've probably had at least five clients get really flooded whenever I kind of like started pulling at the layers of like, what is your interior world look like? Oh, well, you know, like I love to do this and I do that. And then I, you know, my husband and then oh, my partner or my, and my kids, like I'm this for them. And it's like, feel bad. What is your interior world look like? <laughs> what is it like to be you on the inside? Right. What do you, <laughs> yeah, your face right I'm now. Uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and just like that mm. right there is what I think people are getting to. And when you get more connected to self, when you get more clear on who it is you are, and this is interesting, right? Because it's something I'm working on too. So of course, I don't have it figured out, guys, come on. But the thing is, is like asking the questions and sitting with that discomfort is what's going to help you kind of get closer to, you know, that relationship to self. So what is it? Have we just been distracting ourselves forever and now there's more time and space that we have to do this? What does my internal world look like? Yeah, I feel like it's probably a combination of things. You know, I think it's absolutely having more time and, you know, recognizing that. I think it's the collective grief of recognizing like what has happened in our, um, you know, communities. And I think it's just, to me, yeah, it's it's just this, uh, yeah, it's just this awakening, right? To kind of looking around and seeing like, oh, this is my life. Right. And I, I'm, you know, not being very clear in this right now, but I think it's when I think about even the first like couple of weeks of the pandemic, right. I got so curious about all the things that got taken away. I was like, I don't have my hangouts with my friends. And I'm the type of person who will unfortunately overbook myself. Right. I'll just be <laughs> like, I'm going to go here and hang out with my friend. I'm going to go see Kelly and then I'm going to do this. And I try to work on that. Right. I try not to overbook myself, but I um, also love my career. I love what I do. And so I, you know, also would do things on the weekends like workshops or trainings or teachings and, you know, all that. And all that got taken away. Mm. Right. And so you're kind of left sitting there like, what do I want to add back? 
right? And I think that's kind of... Ooh, wait, go back to that for a yeah, second. I yeah. love the way you just said yeah. that. What do I want to add back? Yeah, right? Damn, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, isn't that kind of cool? Yes. Like, what do I... What, what, what needs to come back? You know, and something for me... So I do these workshops where I take people through ice and heat. And I was doing them like every other weekend. Like it was like very like boom, boom, like happening very frequently. And I realized like, yeah, those are really cool. And I'm a little burnt out, right? I need to like work on actually just kind of enjoying my weekends, right? So that was something that I didn't take away completely. But now, I'll, you know, people are like, hey, when are you going to have another ice bath? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> like, you want to come over? Right? And just a lot more relaxed about it versus thinking that I have to do it mm. all these different times. So it's kind of like you get into the space of like, oh, do I have to do this? Do I have to be here? Do I have to be there? And, you know, COVID took everything away, right? And so then it's kind of cool to kind of think about that question of what do I want to bring back? Yeah. Okay. What else did you, what, what were some of the things that you were like, okay, I know this now. We're playing footsies under yeah. the table. <laughs> Amy and I are going to leave our, our, my future husband, her current <laughs> husband to be lesbians together. It's fine. It's great. Um, that's Connor's plan for us. <laughs> yeah. He's like asking you every time. Like y'all going to hit me on anything else? Um, what did you <clears throat> notice that you were like, oh, this is coming back. Like this really matters to me. This is a priority and I've had time to think about it and feel into it. And I really want this in my life. Uh, eating with people. Mm, yes. <laughs> like going to dinner, cooking for people. Like I, you know, that's probably not like that. That was exactly just what came up for me when you asked that question. Right. Yeah. Like that was what I absolutely missed was that connection to people, you know, over food and having people over and, you know, really like connecting in that way. You know, I think social media is awesome, but we miss so much. And it's the same with, I think, like a video session versus in person. You know, if we think about coaching or, or counseling or therapy or whatever, I, I do a ton of video sessions and I absolutely believe in them. And it's also there's a difference between there's that difference of like being in person with people, which I you just can't replace it. There's nope. nothing that replaces it. There's nothing that replaces the energy that's being created right now between us. There's still energy that gets created when we're over video or if we are on FaceTime or something. But when we're in the same room together, it is, there's nothing like that. Mm. And I think food is just so important to me. And it's so primal, like being in that space. What about uh, things like routines that you had before? Do they look the same in terms of workout, self-care, journaling, reading? So I, yeah, actually like ended my gym membership. I uh, was able to get uh, workout equipment in, in our garage. One of our friends, he has equipment, but he lives in an apartment right now, so he can't use it. And so I was able to use it. He was actually a, a former um, a personal training client. And so that was such a huge blessing because we wouldn't really have been able to like get it because it was like sold out everywhere and we yeah. just don't have the funds to be able to like pay that. And so that was really cool. Um, so working out at home is something I really enjoy now. I lift at home and I lift more consistently, I feel like. I, uh, you know, I feel like what I wanted to bring, bring back, what I realized was I kind of lost control of like my diet and my food and like, uh, and I wanted to bring back a measure of, you know, um, management there that feels just more connected to my body. And mm -hmm. like what I, 
really know my body to be kind of my set point for my weight. And so that was something that I brought back in was a little bit of like more dis- discipline there. Um, you know, and I think it's kind of a touchy subject sometimes yeah. <laughs> because there are amazing people doing great work around, you know, like, uh, obviously like diet culture, which I, you know, I don't, I don't subscribe to. Yeah, It's just more along the lines of like what feels really good for my body. Uh, so that was something that I definitely recognized that I like really didn't bring back was the gym. Uh, for my like habits at home, you know, I think like what I also recognized was like stop setting an alarm. Yes. <laughs> so I just wake up naturally now. Yes. Um, I did set an alarm this morning because I had an early morning call and I just wanted to make sure I was like awake for it because I haven't been sleeping. <laughs> but I pretty much just don't. I just wake up naturally now and it feels really good. Yeah. Um, so I've just definitely been sleeping more, which is so nice. Ah, so good. The best. Yeah. I um. I, now that you've answered those questions, I was giving my time to think myself time to oh, think thanks. about my answers yeah, too. Like throwing like, that at huh. me. <laughs> um, well, I think too, it's interesting. The pandemic was one thing, but also we've moved to the mountains. Mm-hmm. So I've, I feel like I've had a drastic life change Yeah, for sure. Uh, coming up here. I, I too do not use an alarm anymore. I have a puppy. So he is my alarm at 5.30 <laughs> yeah. to 6 a.m. every morning. With oh, his see, my puppy snoozes. He just like comes on the bed and just like lays down. <sighs> Theo is the worst snuggler of all time. <laughs> he just licks his penis a lot. He scratches his neck. He like uh, gets up and moves. He's just like, he's like kicking you. Yeah. He's yeah. like, do I want my butt on dad's head? Do I want to kick mom in the face? What do we want to do? So you're just like, all right, we like, are uncomfortable. Okay, we're awake. Yeah. Um, but that's really nice. Um, I think I spend a lot more time outside I know I spent a lot more time outside yes between every call I have I come out and sit in our grass I sit on the patio yes I love that yeah it's um I love working from home too like I mean I don't work from home really I only work from home like one or two days a week because I have clients and stuff that I see in my office but yeah yeah, like just being home is actually so nice it is I think that I've also created somewhat of a sanctuary for myself which I'm very introverted and most people don't understand that about me because they're like, you worked on TV, you did all these things. I'm like, yeah. And I was exhausted all the time yeah, because I couldn't handle that. So I'm very introverted. So I like having my sanctuary at home. I like having peace. I don't really like being with people all the time. Um, I don't like making plans super far in advance because the day comes, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I plan this dinner three weeks ago? <laughs> you posted that in your story. Yeah. Like- when somebody, when the plans actually like come and you're like, oh. yeah, Stanley from the office, yeah. <laughs> Stanley is my spirit animal. Yeah. I don't know. I think I've just gotten a lot more intentional about my life and I've asked myself the hard questions of like, what is it that I actually want? What do I care about? Do I want to pack my day with tons of meetings and grind? I was thinking about this too, you know, soul fire has done so well mm-hmm. and we have about 40 shows now and I was thinking, okay, if I hit my goal of 10 more shows by the end of the year, what's the next goal going to be? Yeah. It's an interesting thing to think about for me because I'm such a high achiever. I, you know, like the gold stars and like the pat oh, on yeah. the back and the, the money and all the things. And I actually had this really cool moment the last couple of days where I've been like, huh, I don't think I need this to be a thing where I'm constantly setting a new goal that I have to make it this big and sell out this and do that thing. 
Like, what if it just feels really good and it pays for our life and it's fun and our employees are happy and they make good money and you get to like support their lifestyle and help them create things. Right. Yeah. I'm like, does it do I need to have a five million dollar media company in order to feel like this was successful? Hmm. I think that's a huge question I've been sitting with is like, what is success? success? Yeah, that was a question that some like a colleague of mine asked me at the beginning of the pandemic or in like July of last year. Yeah. My definition is so different. Yeah. Like we want to get alpacas and chickens. <laughs> this is new. I don't think I've told you this. This is Connor's new venture. <laughs> Wait, he wants alpacas. Yard? Yeah. Like, oh my God. He wants alpacas. He wants goats. He needs like a bell around there. Yeah. Like neck. Chickens. He wants a cat. He wants another dog. Oh, okay. All while I'm getting pregnant. I'm like, you oh motherfucker. God. No. I'm like, I'll... <laughs> kill you the stress yeah but it's like if i had a self-sustaining life up here that feels like success which Mm. sounds odd coming out of my mouth right but it's like how much joy yeah Yeah. i'm like connor's gonna be the stay-at-home dad i'm i run our company yeah and that's a new thing for both of us i never thought i'd be in that situation and neither did he and we want to homeschool our kids and it just feels like simplicity and coming back to what you're talking about, breaking bread with friends mm-hmm. and enjoying that kind of company and having our hands in the dirt, yep. being outside, not waking up to an alarm. Right. Just like this organic way of living that I think we lost touch with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's also like we are definitely privileged and like that of we course. get to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I think for other people, what I kind of like actually really love about the employment crisis right now is that, you know, all these like (laughs) restaurants and stuff are like low staffed and I get it. That's got to be really stressful. And it's also allowed people who were in those industries before to like actually have a chance to take unemployment and recognize like, what do I actually want to do with my life? And I think that is really, really cool. So, I mean, I don't think it's obviously something we can maintain forever, but that's kind of, to me, like the same the same kind of thing is that people got the chance to really recognize what do I want, mm-hmm. you know? And like, how come I have been living in this way before? That was like how I felt too. Right. Is like just kind of living with my schedule packed and just doesn't feel good anymore. No, it's like the cubicle life, the nine to five life, the check in, check out. You look at so many people, they live in vans now in the forest or (laughs) the mass exodus from the coast into Denver, Nashville, Austin, people just traveling and working remotely. I mean, you you guys have traveled so much this year. You've worked remotely and it's just, it's thinking outside the box sometimes for the first time of, oh, there's something else possible. Right. I know. I'm even thinking about that for January. I'm like, oh, I should just travel like the whole month and work from there because yeah, people are so used to it now. They're like, oh yeah, cool. Like, let's just do video. That's fine with me. And like I said, I think it's different, obviously. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think it's really cool to have that flexibility, which we never would have had. Like what a cool realization. Yeah. So this has been really interesting. It's brought up a lot for a lot of people. I'm curious as a therapist <laughs> who I think we put therapists on pedestals like y'all have everything figured out and <laughs> I know you and you're fucked up just like I am. So there's that. Just kidding. You're way more together than most people I know. Um, <laughs> no, it's okay. It's, it's fine. I'm not. I spilled coffee all over myself yesterday. 
Well, you have your moments. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I see your friends only stories and you do a lot of spilling on white. I do. I still wear it. I'm wearing white right now. Oh my God. (laughs) But you have, you have a therapist. Mm -hmm. You go to therapy. You ask for help. Yep. You also work with a lot of people who are also asking for help and who are struggling and who feel overwhelmed. So from a therapist's point of view, I want to know from both perspectives as someone who's working with people and taking care of them and having someone else show up for you. What has it been like to be on both sides of this? Hmm. Which direction do I want to go here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because I talked with one of my friends two days ago and he was like, Amy, this is a really hard time for therapists right now. He's like every session, because he's a therapist too. He was like, every session is heavy. And he's going through a lot of awakening stuff with his own, like what he's going through. And so that is, I think, something that we forget is that this is a really hard time for everybody. And my job is to hear about it all day, you know? And so I think that that is something, uh, really interesting because it's, you know, before the pandemic, then I was still listening to hard things every day. But at the the pandemic, uh, you know, I actually had somebody ask me like, what was it like at first? You know, and it was really interesting because people were like asking me for answers and like, what, what's happening? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Like, (laughs) you're like, I'm in this with you. No one trained me for this. (laughs) I'm in my closet. Like, I don't know what to tell you, you know, like, (laughs) whatever you know um and so yeah no one prepared me to like counsel people through a pandemic uh no and whenever you know so whenever you you create your schedule for the week as a therapist right obviously happens kind of like a month or so in advance and uh you usually you can like it's almost like a hotel or an airline you can overbook a little bit because you're like i know people are going to cancel no one fucking canceled from like March until I think it was probably like, honestly, August, like I didn't have any cancellations. And so I was like, all right, yep, I'm here. Right. And so you just kind of, you get, I think you get a little bit better at recognizing like what's yours and what's not yours. And so it's this really great lesson in boundaries Mm -hmm. (laughs) of like, all right, that's what they're going through. Like, that's what's going on. And you have to get really flexible as well. So as a therapist, like I had several clients who had to have sessions in their car, you know? And so like, I always try to tell clients like, please be somewhere safe and quiet with good Wi-Fi for a video session. And they were, you know, they would call me and they would be on their, in, on their phone in the car and obviously not driving, but I had to just be like, all right, this is what we're doing. Right. Like I had to just be flexible because it's, it's so unrealistic for a family, right. To be like, Hey, everybody be quiet and go into the other room of our tiny home, (laughs) you know, so that I can have this like session with my therapist. It's like, that's just not realistic. You know, if you have like a toddler or whatever. So I think for, for me as a therapist, those were like some big kind of highlights. And then as a person, right. Like really, I remember like taking so many walks <laughs> at the beginning and just being like, what is happening? Um, and just kind of like letting that be. And I really felt like I, I, I think, um, I honestly had it pretty good because my life didn't change that much. The, probably one of the hardest things personally 
was that um, my husband in February had put in his notice <laughs> and said he was leaving in March. Way to go, Kyle. Right. <laughs> and so <laughs> then March rolls around and I'm like, uh, and they're like, bye. Like, Can I rescind this? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. JK, JK, I want to say, I really love it here. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, you don't. Uh, anyway, so he, he was without a job until May, which thank God he got a job because, you know, I was about to like, Oh yeah. <laughs> as we're going to roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because you have to kind of reckon with so many different things, like so many fears and frustrations and anxieties. And, you know, I had just stepped out and started, you know, stepped out on my own in March, 2020. <laughs> so it's just, cause he was, he had, I think he had like six interviews that he, that were like these companies were like going for him and they all dropped you know, in March, because right. everybody was like, we have no idea what's going to happen. So it was really such a testament to how um, just great a person he is that he was able to get a job in May. But yeah, that was like such a tough thing. Um, and that was like one of the hardest things, definitely at the beginning of the pandemic. And then, you know, I am just really grateful for my work and my job and that I actually really love what I do because that was such a safe haven for me, you know, because I just was like, in it, in the work. And I just have definitely enjoyed it with a lot of boundaries. Right. right? So, um, you know, have, you know, definitely kind of like whittled it down as far as clients go. And I'm really trying to keep it at like 15 to 18 clients a week. Cause I just know what happens when I don't and, you know, have a waiting list and that kind of thing. Um, and so I think personally for me work was such a great, um, you know, outlet for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's interesting, right? Cause it's like, that's kind of the cool thing about being a therapist too, is that like the work that you do with clients, like they can support you in your healing too. And there's this really beautiful reciprocal relationship. Um, and I think that's the cool thing about what, you know, when I work with clients, I really try not to put myself on a pedestal or really try to use the analogy of, you know, we're working, we're walking side by side. And I, I know a little bit more about the brain and about behavior change and about, you know, different things and I can lead us mm -hmm. and you are the expert on yourself. You know about yourself. I don't know as much about you. I had a client yesterday who was like, what am I feeling? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> what are you feeling? <laughs> like, I can't tell you what's going on in your body right now. Like that's literally like something I can't do you know, and like just being honest with clients about that and like leading them back to self, I think is the testament to, uh, is, is what, you know, every kind of, in my opinion, healthy, like therapist or coach, you know, should do is they should help you lead back to having that greater relationship to self. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's like she listens to the show, everybody. Just a quick pause in this epic conversation with my love, my BFF, Amy Morrison to tell you about the brands that I like to fuck with because guess what? Amy Morrison is also an element bad bitch. Her obsession is just as bad as mine and Connor's. <laughs> um, here's the deal. Amy and I have been talking uh, about all the things, uh, but Amy leads breath work. Um, she also does heat and ice. So people go get in the sauna and then they go get an ice bath and then they go back in the sauna and then they go get in an ice bath. 
I don't personally partake in this because I am a pussy and ice baths are just not my jam. They're probably so good for me. Um, and I just choose to not do it. You know, I'm bad at self-care as we've talked about in my dehydration conversation, but I do love a sauna. And when you get in the sauna, you sweat and what's good for you when you're sweating fucking salt. You have to replenish your body. Yay. This is where element enters your body. You're welcome. I'm in the weirdest mood right now. Don't, don't mind me. Here is the thing, you guys. We need to drink more water. We need more electrolytes. We need to hydrate. And Element is your answer. It is your only answer. Please don't go fuck around with a bunch of other products that have crap in them, that have weird ingredients that you can't pronounce, that have sugars and are not high level and don't care about the standards of their product. Please don't do that. It's just not worth it. Element is affordable if you break it out, if you're having one a day, it makes complete sense and it's truly the best on the market. Um, If you have questions about it and you don't trust me, get the fuck out, just kidding. Message Amy directly and ask her if she also loves it just as much as me. She will tell you, hell fucking yes. If you wanna try out Element and be cool, if you wanna be cool like me and Amy, I'm not cool, let's be serious, you already know that. Go to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash Kelly T. And all you have to pay is $5 for shipping and you'll get a sample pack. You'll get to try the new flavors, all the things. I have been telling everyone that walks into my house or listens to my podcast that if you mix watermelon with lemon habanero, you get spicy watermelon. It is so good. Go do it. Okay. Other thing. Let's talk about being a basic bitch. Amy is not a basic bitch, so I'm not going to include her on this. This is really just about me and probably you listening. Um, It's PSL season. Please don't go to you know where that is on every street corner that gives you PSLs with a bunch of crap in it. Again, why is this a theme for the day? Why do we keep eating crap? Why do we put a bunch of fillers and sugars and blah into our drinks and to our food? I don't know the answer, but what I do know is that Organifi has a much better option. Pumpkin spice. The gold pumpkin spice is a perfect way to get that PSL fix, you know, your little addiction that we all have. Um, And it is so amazing during the fall. It's only a seasonal product because they hate us. So you can only have it in the fall and winter unless you're crazy like me and you stock up like a motherfucker. Um, I love it. Also, Kelly Tennant hack, full scoop of pumpkin spice with half a scoop of chocolate gold mixed with coconut butter. And voila, you go to happy town. It's just, it's the best. It's what I do. Be like me. Don't be like me, please. But if you want to have a cool drink like me, I highly recommend getting on the Organifi pumpkin spice game. You can go to Organifi.com slash Kelly T. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash Kelly T. And you'll get 20% off. I'm getting way too good at reading these ads. You're welcome. Okay, let's get back to AIM. I have like a horrible savior complex. <laughs> or amazing, depending yeah. on how you want to look at it. Oh, uh, I, know. I like to rescue everyone. Um, I think that's why I would Save probably... Save Kelly. Yeah, probably, coming down from the clouds. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> see me floating with yeah. my big old wings. Um, <laughs> I shall fix everything. I know. That's why I try like to not let you pay for stuff. Oh, well, thanks. Because you always want you always try to pay for stuff, and I'm like, no, I will pay my way. <laughs> We'll pay my way in this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you can leave some ones by the bed yeah, later. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, <that's> so weird. <laughs> I have like this deep savior complex, right? Yeah. And I know that about myself, which is why facilitating for me requires a lot of boundary setting. Um, and it's still hard. And it's hard in my relationship. It's hard in my friendships. It's hard with my parents. It's all the things. You... I'm projecting, we've never talked about this, but you don't seem to have that. You seem to have this really beautiful, um, grounded perspective where you have a lot of tools and resources that you can share with people, but you don't feel a need to like be the knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. That doesn't give you your value. Mm -hmm. Can you talk me through your mentality around that and how you've shaped that? And if I'm also full of shit. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I you know, definitely want to receive that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting because like what comes up for me is a memory of when I was initially starting out, you know, before I got my master's, I worked as a goal coach with people and you just get really invested and really kind of intertwined and you want so badly like to fix people, right? That's like kind of the idea. And I think I just <laughs> have enough experience where it's like, that just never works. <laughs> and I'm laughing because it's just like, I can think back to even my early days as a therapist, like before I got licensed, I was just like trying to save people, right? And left. And I was just so active, right? And just trying, trying, trying. And it's just like, once I sat back and really kind of opened up my arms and recognized like I have to be in self, right? In myself, in my capital S self and lit self-leadership. And then that is the kind of a powerful catalyst to just help people like kind of lead them back to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just been a lot of like error around recognizing like, oh shit, that just doesn't work. Like it may be helpful in like a short term, but like I think about um, people who've tried to like coach me on things and they're like, OK, this is what you're going to do. You're going to have this list and this list and then this and this and this. And they never got to the root of the issue. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Which the root of the issue for me, you know, the reason why I struggled so much with um, like getting things done is because I resisted structure and I still res resist structure. It's a part of my story. It's a part of my childhood. I had no leadership and guidance. You know, I was raised in a, I mean, not, no, I mean, it was so extreme. It was so black and white. It was, you know, super religious, you know, like this is sin, this is not sin. Um, but there was zero structure with like my schooling and I was, um, you know, I was homeschooled and, um, and there were seven of you, seven of us. Yeah. yeah. I'm the fifth of seven kids. My dad worked overseas. And so he would be back. He would be gone for three months and back for two weeks. And this was like for a lot of my like childhood. And so I just kind of like got really independent and <laughs> just, I remember, I mean, I was 16 and I was going to the community college and I had to set up a meeting with the Dean to get her to sign off on me taking more classes. And my mom was nowhere to be found. Right. And it's not because she was a, she abandoned me. It's because she had, I, you know, I have two younger siblings. And she had so much more going on, you know? And so I just had to like 
you know, get all this shit, right? And like do it all like myself. But then it also made it to where like, I didn't, you know, I had this dog and she was like so poorly trained because I had no idea how to train a dog, right? Yeah. No one taught me how to do that. And so now I've, you know, worked on connecting to that younger self who all she wants is, you know, she wants guidance. She wants leadership. She wants someone to tell her what to do. But she also resists it because it feels so uncomfortable. Mm. So, you know, that is the root, right? And so many, you know, I think if we're just focusing on saving somebody, then we're not slowing down and getting into like the the root of things. Mm. Well, and I think too, you know, it's back to when we are whole and we know we have value and worth outside of what we do for a living, outside of saving people or whatever your thing is. Mm-hmm then there's less of a tendency to go do that. Mm. I think you have a really good sense of self though. And maybe that is part of the independence that you created and you kind of had to get to know yourself. Also, I think you, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, but kind of stepping away from structured, organized religion Mm -hmm. and asking yourself a lot of those questions about like, well, who the fuck am I? If like Jesus is not inside of me or whatever. (laughs) Again. (laughs) Why do you have to deep and wide <laughs> inside of me? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, uh, but you know, it's like you start to have those conversations with yourself and you realize, well, I am not this and I am not this. And my ad- identity is not wrapped in all these things. So I, as a sovereign being get to be this. Mm-hmm. And then whatever I do is just an extension of self, not necessarily everything I am. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is extremely disorienting. So I think I was, you know, growing up, right, I was definitely in survival mode and I was very detached from myself. Mm. So I'm very familiar with that, what that feels like <laughs> and, you know, very clear on that and have, you know, just had some things that kind of like shook me right in the last five, six years where I've recognized like, oh, I actually have to choose what I believe I have to recognize and be present and aware because I was so wrapped up in religion. And that, like I said, is extremely disorienting to step away from that because it's kind of like this really protective cocoon. Uh, Cause you're just kind of in this echo chamber of people who kind of believe the same things that you do. And then I, you know, I started listening to different people and actually going to the school I went to, like maybe question my religion the most, which is ironic because I went to a seminary. Uh, Oh my God. (laughs) My mom literally gave me a book called How to Stay Christian in Seminary. I didn't read it. What? Yes. Because you're not going to be Christian? Because you learn a lot about the religion. Oh. <laughs> and it makes you question the religion. What? Yeah. It's like a thing. Some fucked up shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so there's this, you know, this concept now with what's called deconstruction. It's a really like buzzy, it's a buzzword. It's really popular, right, right now. And, you know, people like Rob Bell, you know, have been kind of like the OGs um, behind this movement of looking around at what Western Christianity looks like and being like, what? Like people who are gay can't get married. Why? (laughs) Like, uh, what? Like, 
what is going on with that? You know, and so like, and I was from this background of, you know, the church that my parents went to from when I was 10 to 15 was uh, so, so oppressive. <laughs> it was so fundamentalist. Like women weren't allowed to wear jeans. Oh my God. Like they wore skirts, like big skirts or like really long skirts um, or like they're called culottes. <laughs> what is a culotte, it's Amy? Like a, it's like a pant, but it's a skirt. It's, it's like, a pant and a skirt <laughs> all in one. Yeah. It's like those like, Cute. it's like the balloon pants or like oh, loose geez. pants now that are in style, but they were not in style back then. Uh, Did you wear culottes? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, we should, okay. We should get a picture. So oh, we please. Can put it in the, like, the show notes. That would be great. I do have a photo, I think. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I was, you know, and the interesting thing too is that like the environment of that church was so oppressive and like none of the women went to college. None of the women worked. Everybody stayed home. Uh, with their kids, which I don't have a problem with. I'm not like against it. Right. But if it's the, your choice. Right. If it's your choice. Yeah. But there was like, even there were several families in the church where they had these like, you know, daughters who were really athletic or really smart or incredible. And they were a piano teacher because that's it. That was like the only like profession that was okay. But they were, like, you know, and it was wild because you were supposed to like get married at like 20 and then stay at home and start having babies. And uh, you're a failure, Amy. I know. Look at me. <laughs> 31. No children. Uh, and <laughs> anyway. And, you know, like it was wild that I was like 26 and like that was when I got married. You know, that was like real late anyway. And so the environment extrinsically said all this stuff. Right. But intrinsically, I was always like, no, nah, I'm going to college, you know, because my my family Thankfully, my dad was not uh, extremely like overbearing. Like he wasn't like those crazy dads. Um, oh my God. Like, I don't know if I, we've talked about this, but one of the dads of the family literally created a dating profile for his daughter. What? And he was, he was the one messaging the oh, guys. That's so gross. But it was like a Christian, you know, super Christian, like dating Christian pro- mingle. No, it was like farmers only.com. <laughs> Were you ever on that? Not sponsored. Is that how you found Kyle? No, no. Sorry, Kyle. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how we met. We met their friends, but, um, yeah, so it's extremely disorienting to step away from that because I I believe that there are a lot of men who are in power and they call it protection. Mm. They call it like this is for your safety, but they're just they just want control. Yeah. Right? And so you you don't have as much of a choice. And so I had people telling me uh you know, like what I was supposed to do and who I was supposed to be. And then I finally like kind of woke up and was like, wait, I don't have to do that. Like, I don't, I don't actually have to have kids. Like, oh, I guess I don't actually have to go to church. Huh. You know, like, oh, I'm like, what if I actually don't really believe in heaven or hell? You know? And so all of these things, right. Giving myself permission and like the the concept of deconstruction that I mentioned before is really cool because if you think about it, it's like all of these furniture pieces were put into my house, right? My my self house, right? And deconstruction is about like, it's not about, you know, like I'm going to just rearrange the furniture. It's like, no, get that shit out of the house. Like get it out of the house, get it all out, get it, you know, completely like clear, 
right? Come back to self, come back to what is, and then see what I want to add back in. Yeah. Well, that you shared that uh, analogy with me when I was talking yeah. about my spirituality yeah. yeah, and like questioning everything. And you said you have to take all the furniture out and then decide, do you want this ottoman? Do you want this yeah. couch? Do you want this blanket? And you get to pick and then it gets to look a lot different, but it's on your terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That can be a really interesting yeah. thing to experience. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are living in really old decorated houses Ugh. and they do not look cute. Those you know? fucking pink drapes need to go, right? honey. Grandma's couch with the plastic on it. Just Mm-mm. take it out. Get it out of there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes sense why you are who you are now. <laughs> I didn't know a lot of that. Um, that's really cool. And I think too, you know, it's just this idea of choice. I think There are people who are in victim mentality Mm -hmm. in their lives and there are people who know they have choice and they get to create their reality. And I think we're seeing a lot of that now, especially with, you know, the vaccine and um, different opinions on health and medical stuff and all of that. Mm -hmm. What do you think it takes for someone to understand that they're not a victim of their own life, but that they get to be in choice and make decisions for themselves and have these hard kind of conversations with themselves. I feel like it depends. Yeah. You know, because I think some people would say, Oh, you have to be in therapy. And I'm just, I'm not that I'm not one of those people. Um, you know, I, I believe that change and growth can happen in a variety of ways. I think it can happen in the gym. I think it can happen in the church, right? If people are really growing and healing in that way. Um, you know, I think it can happen at home, you know, and, and I, I do believe that there are a variety of things that have to play, come into play and relationships are extremely powerful catalysts for growth and change. If you're not getting feedback, I think you're just stagnant. Right. If you're not, and by feedback, I don't mean like, hey, you suck. Right. It's more just like, you know, something bouncing off of you and coming back, <laughs> you know, right. And getting that in information. Uh, you know, I think so much happens in relationship. So whether that relationship is therapeutic or it's, you know, in a, in a different space or it's with the coach or if it's with, uh, you know, a friend online, you know, and I think so many people like have been helped from, like the holistic psychologist Instagram page, you know? And like, I think that's amazing. Like that is so cool. And, you know, like I've been changed by a lot of books. And so I really believe in, you know, a variety of things for catalysts, right? I think I, I don't know how to wake someone up. Like, I don't know how to just like make that happen. I don't think that's possible. You know, I don't think yeah. it's possible. I think they have to want it. Yeah. People have to want it. And, you know, there are a variety of people who maybe just won't ever. Right. But I feel like the ways that it can happen can be through information. And it, and it most certainly has to happen in a dynamic relationship, you know, where you're getting insight. Yeah. Because we can't see ourselves when we're in ourselves. You know, you right. just like you only know what you know. Right. You need like a bird's eye view of right. self yeah. to understand. That's why I love Connor. He very lovingly calls me out and says, what, what, what are you doing? You're doing this thing. It's so unnecessary. A lot of it is usually around insecurities. Yep. It's like, this is a cycle for you. Yeah. We don't need to do this. And it, it catches me in the moment when I'm not catching myself and I'm like, oh, right. I'm doing that thing again. I don't need to do because I'm safe and I'm good and everything's fine. Right. 
So I think that's really important. We were talking earlier too, and we've had quite a few conversations about this in the last few months of having friendships and the power of giving each other feedback, the power of witnessing each other, being honest. Yeah. Being honest. Like God forbid we be honest with our friends and the people we love. (laughs) Um, yeah, but we've both had experiences where we've given people feedback and it has not been received well. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that goodbye people in our lives. Um, why do you think that's so important one to give the feedback, but also to be open to receiving it? Well, I feel like it's it's what makes a friendship, mm-hmm. right? In your definition, In, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In my definition, right, is the ability to communicate openly and witness each other, right? Like we said, like that witnessing aspect of it and grace and forgiveness, right? Because I'm, I can think of, you know, the people I've given feedback to about the way that they're like occurring to me in, in my life, right? And for sure, I didn't do it well, right? I for sure, I didn't do it properly. And, you know, my hope would be, oh, can I, can I like, uh, can I get some grace, right? But in one of like the situations with a friend, they just kind of like cut things off with me. And I was like, wait, what? I thought we were on a much different level than that. But it couldn't stand the test, right, of that that feedback and that need for grace. Mm -hmm. And not to say that that person doesn't have that capacity. It's just a matter of our relationship as it was, was not on that friendship level. Yes. And I would also say that person probably doesn't have the capacity. Maybe. I mean, like, we don't know, right? Like we we could never know because we're not in them. Totally. I think you're less judgmental than me. So there's that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Amy, the nice one in this friendship. Um, (laughs) I think it's interesting because if you can't give and receive feedback in your closest friendships, what the fuck are we doing? Why are we even friends? Right. Like, are you, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. It's like, we have to build that capacity. Otherwise we're not relating. We're just there. Like it's surface level and it's crap because shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah. Shit has hit the fan for both of us in the right. last year. Yeah. And not that we really, I don't really feel like we give each other criticism in that no, way. No. We more just like show up and we're honest with each other yeah. and like, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. Right. Take it for what it is. Yeah. Um, cause we're both perfect and we don't need feedback <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Um, I remember though, I think this is a good example. I remember there was something going on for you Mm -hmm. and you were kind of making a decision and you started crying one day when I was, I hope you're okay with me sharing this. I I won't share details, but I think it's cool. I came over one day and we're talking about it and you started crying and you were really upset because you thought that I was going to judge you for a decision you were making. Yeah. I was really afraid I was going to lose you if I made if I took one of the paths. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, I mean, I I was beside myself. I felt so bad because I'm like, fuck, did I create this where she thought I was like judging what she was deciding blah, blah, blah. And maybe that was the case. And I am so sorry for that. And at the same time, I think it's so important that we witness each other in that moment and say, I'm not going to judge you. I support you. These are the things I'm seeing. Right. This is how I feel about it. I'm going to protect you because I'm your friend. And at the same time, I support you. I think having those discussions, you were super vulnerable in that right. moment. You just didn't need to tell me you were feeling that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. like, hey, this feels fucked up. I don't want to lose you. This is the decision I'm making. I'm like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm here for you 100%. Right. 
I just don't think those conversations happen enough where we can show up. And that, I mean, it's hard. I don't think that was easy for either of us, but I think it also brought us closer together and it, it builds our capacity for compassion. Mm. And I think that's so important in friendship. And I don't think we do enough of that building. Mm. Yes. Right. When we're actually saying like, this is what's going on inside. And I know logically (laughs) it doesn't make sense, but I'm afraid. Right. Because like, what if I hadn't said that? Exactly. You know, then maybe I would just keep creating that story and then I would create distance Yes, because I'd be like, oh, she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Cause it's a story that I fully believed. Right. Uh, because I've made this choice in my path. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, yeah, it's so powerful to like communicate what is happening inside. Yeah. And I don't, <laughs> you know? I think the thing too is it's different when you're our age versus when you're in your teens and twenties, you know, right. we're, we don't really have the capacity for this as well. We're so old and wise. we're really old. <laughs> fuck. Um, <laughs> as we're running sprints up the thing so slowly. Um, right. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's like, um, I just think that it's really necessary. And I I think that if we aren't willing to kind of step up to the plate and to show up this way and to be vulnerable, we're missing out on such deep intimacy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause like, what a cool opportunity. Like if that, if you know what happened with a friend, like giving, like giving them honest feedback. Right. And then recognizing like, Ooh, Maybe I was a little like harsher, like whatever. And like going to that friend and then saying like, yeah, actually that was like that hurt. Right. And, you know, kind of having like a conversation versus just being like a relationship over. Right. Right. Which I think is so sad. Like, honestly, like, like such a cool opportunity to like actually be vulnerable, you know, instead of ghost someone. Well, what'd you say you were listening to a podcast and they were talking about how it's all about forgiveness? Yes. Yeah. So friendship right is about witnessing and forgiveness <laughs> and grace. Yeah. And I think that's just so wise. Uh this podcast episode was with one of my favorite poets, David White, and he talks about he is just so beautiful. His his work is incredible. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Yeah. Uh cuz it's so good, but he was talking about his friendships and like the powerful ones that he has and you know they argue and they fight and then they like come back and they're able to forgive each other. And like, yeah, I think that that's the kind of relationship that I want to have. I want to have people who like disagree with me or agree with me, you know, in certain, like in different things, like obviously you can't be, it's like a marriage, right? You can't be so different that nothing matches, but you don't want to be exactly like your friend, you know, like you want to have some differences. And I think that's what makes it beautiful and interesting is like, you know, having those like more interesting discussions. I think that's why I really, I respect you so much. I respect you. I mean, there are no words for how much I respect you. Um, I love you. But we're really different people. Yeah. And we we operate differently. A lot of our beliefs are different. The way we're showing up in the world right now is different. And I love that because I learn so much from you every day. I learn from every post you put up, (laughs) the way you write the way you share, just talking to you today, I'm learning things. Like I like that I have a friend that I deeply respect and also don't necessarily agree with everything you do because right. I get to learn from you and I get to see the world through a different lens. And I yep. think that's so cool because we surround ourselves with people who agree with us right. because that feels better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, God forbid we disagree on something. It's like, <laughs> yeah. 
How can we, and Connor has really yeah. taught me this. Yes. Connor, I mean, Connor yeah. disagrees with everyone just because <laughs> he purpose. can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, want to fight? He's like, wait, what do you believe? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't. At yeah. All. <laughs> I literally in our company make him play devil's advocate in our team meetings. One, because he's great at it, but yeah. two, because I he's think so it's so smart. important. It's unreal. He's so smart. So annoying. Um, <laughs> that's my baby daddy. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's really important to have people in your life that you can disagree with and learn from. Yes. Not that I need you to change your, my mind, right. but you've definitely changed my mind on things before. And I think that's really cool because I get outside of my fucking bubble right. and I say, oh, here's someone I really admire and respect who's incredibly well-educated, well-read well-experienced, all the things. Let me look at what she's saying. What does this provide for me? How does this expand me? In woo-woo terms, you're an expander for me, right? right? And I think we need more of that. Well, because I feel like you're that for me too, right? With just like being more open and curious and interested and like, oh, well, what if we do try that? Like, what if that happens? Like, and I think I just love witnessing that for you. And I think that just, to me, I learned so much from you and I get to like, and that's the beauty and like the like the dynamic aspect of relationship, right? Is when you can be open and flexible and interested and curious, right? <laughs> and compassionate, right? All these different C's, you know, it's so important, I think, to be able to step into that. Yeah. This is such an interesting time in the world. And I think all of this, we've touched on so much. I think all of this brings me to tools and resources for how we're showing up in the world. I think a lot of us have felt like we don't really know what to do, where we feel lost more than ever. Things are up in the air more than ever. How do we relate? How do we show up? What do we care about? What matters? All these things. And I'm just going to, you know, shamelessly plug you because (laughs) I love doing that. You have created a community Finally. And <laughs> I know you've been trying to get me to do it. No, so it's just, I love you. And I want you to just impact all the people because <laughs> I think everyone will love you. Um, but you've created a community. And I think the best part is that one, you're not someone who needs people to need them, which I think is an amazing way to create something. Um, and two, the reason I love what you do in your work is that you bring in so many different modalities. You bring in talk therapy, you bring in movement, you bring in breath work, you bring in regulating the nervous system, like all of these things that create such a holistic approach to wellness and healing and mindfulness and all of that, which I think right now more than ever, we need those tools and resources. So tell everyone about what you've done. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm in it too, by the way. <laughs> I know you're in the collective. <laughs> yeah. So I tre- created, uh, it's a Patreon community and there, the mindset behind it was to create a space for people to come for healing tools that are accessible and, you know, in a variety of ways, right? Like what I love about the Patreon app is you go tap, tap, and it just like goes, you can go straight to like breath work, right? It would take us like less than five seconds to get some breath work going right now, right? Which I really love. The second thing is, is financially like approachable, right? So it's only $20 a month. You get fresh breath work and mindfulness recordings. There's monthly themes. So like last month was all about breath work. So we 
had like kind of a different breathwork focus every week. And then we went into this month, we're going to talk a lot about more, a lot more about the nervous system. So we're going to talk about down regulation next week and calming the body down and kind of how to differentiate like calm from shutdown, right? Cause they're both down regulated. And, you know, so just like simple things like that, you know, to make it where healing to me, you know, can be a little bit more accessible. Yeah. I love that. And I think too, you know, people want a pill. They want a magic pill. (laughs) They do. Yeah. I am healed. (laughs) You guys listening to this all know that that doesn't exist. Um, that's why you guys know. (laughs) Yeah. We bring in all these different healers and we have these conversations because it really is taking all this knowledge and awareness and then making it yours and then being in action for yourself. And I think what you do such a good job of is you kind of lay it all on the table and you say, here are all your options. You get to choose. Yeah. Like this is yeah. your healing fun house. Right. So exactly. are you fucking <laughs> jumping off the walls and you need this? Are you stressed out and you need this? What does that look yeah. like? And do then you need a journaling prompt. Yes. Do you want to watch this video or do you want to like, oh, I want to read this article. It's like all of that is going to is is in this space. Yeah. And I think you're also empowering people to take control over their own experience yeah. so that they are not reliant on you. That's yep. one of the things I preach so much on this show is we're not here to make someone our guru to fix us. We're here to take in all the things and then make it our own and take care of ourselves so that it's not a constant every day. Okay. I have to go do this thing. And then this thing and this thing, it's like, I'm in the collective. I have all these options and now I know how to do breath work. Right. I know how to calm myself down. (laughs) Just great. Within just a few minutes. Yes. And that is so powerful because then we get to regulate ourselves, which then helps other people regulate themselves. And we're teaching by example. And I think that is so, so important. Yeah. I love that. So good. Well, thanks for being on the show again. I could just do this all day. I know, right? We (laughs) like it was I said something like kind of so like narcissistic last week. I was like, we should just record our conversation. We should. I say that with my friend Katie Calder, who's on the show all the time. Oh yeah. And we all we always joke. We're like, fuck, we should be recording this right now. Right. So good. Thumbs up and you're like, yeah. I know. I love it. Um, so following this recording, if you guys want to keep listening, I'm playing, uh, a recording from when Amy came into the Onyx and did breath work with us. And it was so good. So really good session. It was amazing. Everyone loved it. Um, and I think you answered questions in there too. At the end, we yeah, talked about probably, a few things. Yeah. 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 So if you guys want to taste, if you want to taste Amy, if you want to taste of what it's like <laughs> oh to work God. with Amy, <laughs> um, <laughs> you can go ahead and keep listening yeah. and then we'll drop the link to uh, her collective in the show notes. So you can join me um, and just be all the Zen. So I love you. Love you too. All right. We're going to start off just by breathing in and out through your nose. And just notice how your body feels right now. Sometimes breath work can make us a little bit more anxious. And that's completely normal. So we're going to maybe just stay with that feeling. Just going to notice it. So we're going to try to access a different form of breath work today. Maybe a way that helps you feel a little bit more free, a little bit more safe. 
I heard, um, I was in a yoga class, the instructor, he said, you know, how do we define freedom? And we define it by our ability to express ourselves in any given moment. So when we feel most free, if we feel like we can access and express ourselves to our fullest capacity, that's when we feel free. Cool. See if you can deepen your inhale, take the longest inhale of today. And a nice long exhale out. Maybe the longest exhale you've had in a while. And if your breath still feels kind of short, that's okay. It's normal. Good. Now we're going to move into what's called three-part breath. You may have practiced this before. We're going to see if we can access our diaphragm on our inhale. So wherever you're at, go ahead and exhale out. So with our three-part breath, we try to first breathe into our diaphragm, expand our rib cage. So I like to put my hands kind of where my rib cage ends. Breathe in and see if I can kind of expand my ribs out on that inhale. Good. Now I want you to see if you can breathe into that rib cage area, that the lower diaphragm area, and then engage your chest. Yeah, that's the second part. And exhale out. Now breathe into your belly, big belly breath, and then breathe into your chest. Now breathe into your upper chest. Maybe feeling that your chest expand, your lungs are full to the brim. And now I want you to sit air in at the very tippy top. This three-part breath allows us to access kind of like three different chambers within our system. See if you can practice that, breathing in, expanding the ribcage, expanding the chest, and then expanding the upper chest. Nice job. We're just practicing here. So if things don't feel perfect. That's okay. We're just going for lower ribcage expansion, upper ribcage expansion, chest expansion. So it's really nice, beautiful, long inhale, and then a gentle exhale out. If you're like me, you may deal with some anxiety, feel like you kind of Restrict yourself, hold things back. You don't feel like you're enough. 
So you breathe probably into that upper chest, right? So you want to try to bring some awareness to that full body breath, that 360 degree breath. Good. Now we're going to move into some breathing patterns. And I'm going to give us some seconds that we can be in each um, pattern or in each you know, portion of the breath. But you can always choose your own adventure here. You don't have to do exactly what I'm saying. If your capacity feels like you can do more or you need to do less, that is completely normal. We don't need to approach the day like your body is exactly the same as it was yesterday, right? We can connect with your body as it is today. So wherever you're at, go ahead and exhale out. Nice. And I want you to breathe in, two, three, four, pause at the top. And exhale, two, three, four, good. Back to your inhale, two, three, four, pause at the top. Exhale out, two, three, four, good. Just keep that triangle pattern. You're inhaling, pausing at the top, exhaling out. Maybe it feels good to extend out each section. Maybe you need to make each section about two seconds long. That's okay too. This gets to be your experience. Good, and notice how it feels to have that hold at the top, how your system feels. It's the first time we've done a hold today. It's really gentle, small hold. And staying with this for another minute or so. If you lose your spot, just come back to the bottom of that triangle. Breathe in. Pause at the top. 
and exhale out. Nice. Now we're going to take a few minutes to just add in a pause at the bottom of your exhale. So you'll breathe in, pause at the top, notice how it feels to be full on that inhale. You'll exhale out and then notice how it feels to be kind of on empty at the bottom of your exhale. Again, this is gonna cause a different sensation to show up. We all have different capacities with our breath. So just check in. Maybe with the addition of this breath hold, you drop it down to two seconds in each section. Or maybe you're at three. Maybe you play around with holding it for five, right? You can breathe in for five, pause at the top for five, exhale for five and pause at the bottom for five. Yeah, and if your mind starts to wander, just notice that. Let your body know that's okay, that's normal. Gently draw your attention back to your breath. Good, just one more minute here, box breathing.
Nice. And now just gently release those breath holds. Let go of them. Now we're just going to practice some balanced breathing. So you're just going to breathe in for five, four, three, two, one. Exhale, five, four, three, two, one. Good. Keep that up. Inhaling for five. Exhaling for five. Kind of balancing the blood gases. Again, if five seconds in and five seconds out feels a little too long or too short, you get to adjust that. To continue on with that, I'm gonna explain a little bit about what we're gonna do next. We're gonna move into a little faster paced breathing. And this can be helpful if we ever need to energize or activate our body. It also helps to stimulate our nervous system and causes to, you know, really, I feel like kind of wakes us up a little bit more and it can also serve as like a respiratory exercise. It's actually kind of cool. So it's always fun to kind of notice what comes up as you engage a faster paced breathing pattern and slower paced breathing pattern and just kind of pay attention to like what shows up. So as you're ready, we're going to do about 40 seconds of this faster paced breathing. And then we're going to alternate inhale holds and exhale holds with each round that we do. You can do about four rounds of the faster paced breathing. You may notice that your capacity to hold your breath might increase. This is normal too. So we're going to go... And a bit big inhale twice in through your nose. Big exhale out through your mouth. Keep up that pattern. Good. You've got about 30 more seconds. If you need to, you can separate your nostrils by just kind of like pulling your nostrils apart by pulling the skin on your face. Good. Keep it up. Three, two, one. Now inhale, nice big inhale and hold. You're going to hold for about 30 seconds here. 
this is all just fun. This is just an experiment, right? You get to like work with your body and notice what comes up. You activate and you kind of slow down. How can you pull these levers to feel more free? Good. Go ahead and exhale out. Nice. Then we're going to go back to that sharp, sharp inhale. Exhale out. Keep it up, about 10 more seconds. And then we're gonna do an exhale hold. Go ahead and exhale all your breath out. And we're gonna hold this exhale for 10 seconds. See if you can stay with me. Exhale holds can be really challenging. Three, two, one. Back to your inhale, exhale out. Cool, you guys good for do, to do one more round of both of those? Great, awesome. Back to your sharp inhales and big exhale. The more you can expand your rib cage and you know, take these bigger breaths or bigger exhales, the more you're gonna feel this. Right? So keep going, going for about 20 more seconds. Nice, keep going. Keep that faster paced breath up. Nice, and inhale and hold. I'm going to let you kind of play around with this inhale. I'll let you know when you're at 30 seconds. And if you want to hold a little bit longer, give you some time for that. Nice. Made it past that 30 seconds. Almost to a minute. Add a minute, go ahead and exhale out if that feels like the right time for you. Good, back to those sharp inhales. Big exhale out. Good, keep going. Remember, this is really helpful if you need to activate. Sometimes I do it in the morning if I need to wake up or in between clients if I'm feeling a little bit down. Good, keep going a little bit longer. Good, 
Nice. And go ahead and exhale out. And then hold on that exhale. I'll let you know when you're at 10 seconds. If you feel like you want to push yourself a little bit more, you are welcome to. And you just made it to 10. Nice, 30 seconds. All right, you might be back to your gentle nasal inhales, gentle nasal exhales. You're gonna gently move back to that nasal in, nasal out, balanced breathing. Maybe it's three seconds in, three seconds out. Maybe it's five seconds in, five seconds out. Whatever feels accessible to you right now. Then just kind of notice whatever's showing up in your body. Just kind of welcome it. No judgment, just feeling really friendly towards how your body feels. Good. Wherever you're at, go ahead and exhale out. And breathe in. Two, three. Pause really gently at the top. And then exhale out for four, three, two, one. Good. Breathe in. Two, three. Pause at the top. And breathe out for five, four, three, two, one. Good. Back to your inhale, two, three. Pause at the top. And see if you can exhale out for six, five, four, three, two, one. Good. Back to your inhale. So you're inhaling, pausing the top, and then extending that exhale out, seeing if you can double the length of your exhale to your inhale. Just practicing those extended exhales out.
Good. Now we're going to take two minutes to just practice my favorite thing, which is humming on our exhale. So without any concern for how long your exhale is or how long your inhale is, go ahead and inhale, pause at the top, and then closing your mouth, you're just going to hum on the exhale. It's going to sound a little bit like Just feeling that vibration in the back of your throat, in your jaw. This is really regulating for your nervous system. It's calming you down. Nice. So we're just going to keep humming for about a minute or so, humming on that exhale, just as long as you can make it. It's going to be different for everybody. So nice, beautiful inhale, gentle pause at the top, and an extended exhale out. Good. Take one more inhale, gentle pause at the top, nice long humming exhale. Then just come back to that gentle nasal inhale, gentle nasal exhale. Good. And now I just want you to take the last two minutes here just to follow your breath and see what happens as you walk down that internal path of what you're feeling. Where your breath goes. Just kind of noticing, maybe you're leading yourself down the path. Just welcoming whatever comes up.
And in this last minute we have together, I want you to ask yourself the question, when do I feel most free? Just welcome what comes up. And if you don't have an answer, that's okay too. You can kind of gently draw your attention back to your body, maybe move your wrists, move your feet. As you're ready, we can just come back into our space.